48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Two men are sentenced to almost four years in prison after pleading guilty to rioting at the airport in 2019. A district councillor says the electoral reforms will restore order and clarity to the political scene, but not everyone agrees. And a World Health Organization report says more investigation is needed into the origin of the pandemic, but some countries aren't satisfied. Two men have been sentenced to three years and nine months in prison after pleading guilty to rioting at the airport during a protest in 2019. Another two men were sentenced to 13 months for taking part in an unlawful assembly. Wang Ying-Ting reports. District Court Judge Anthony Kwok said the two who pleaded guilty to rioting had caused bodily harm to a police officer by attacking him with a torch and a luggage trolley, respectively. Although the attack was brief, the judge said it was lucky the officer wasn't seriously hurt. He said the other two defendants, who'd earlier pleaded not guilty to a charge of unlawful assembly, were disrespectful of law enforcement by trying to block a police car from leaving the airport and throwing objects towards a bus filled with officers. A district councillor has welcomed planned electoral changes by Beijing, saying he hopes they'll restore order to district council meetings. The changes include having fewer directly elected lawmakers, scrapping all district council seats on the election committee and having LegCo, CE and election committee candidates undergo a strict vetting process, which includes the police. Central and Western District Councillor Jeremy Young from the Liberal Party said Hong Kong needed to play by the rules. It's something that we have to accept and I really do support it because at the end of the day, residents chose us to represent their district, not to represent them voting for chief executive. And that's the electoral committee responsibility. And now, if I want to run for that, I can still do that as a person, just not as a district council. So it's, it's a redesigning and realigning of the responsibility that clears things up a lot. Political analyst Ma Nok says local elections will be less competitive following the overhaul. The Chinese university academic told RTHK that the pro-democracy camp may no longer be keen to take part in the election committee race because of the stringent vetting mechanism and the change in the committee's composition. It's to be expanded from 1,200 to 1,500 and seats and will have more members with a mainland background. But pro-Beijing heavyweight Lao Sukai said mild Democrats will have more opportunities in local politics because the changes only target those who are anti-China or want to ruin Hong Kong. A spokesman for the U.S. State Department said the U.S. condemns the moves by China to reduce the political participation and representation in Hong Kong and is deeply concerned by a second delay in the territory's LegCo elections. Yesterday, the chief executive, Carrie Lam, said the elections would go ahead in December. The head of the World Health Organization says more investigation is needed into the origins of the coronavirus. Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus was speaking as a long-awaited report on the virus was published. But 14 countries, including the United States, reacted with concern, saying the report lacked access to important data. The BBC's Imogen Folks reports. It took the WHO team months to get into China, fueling rumours the virus might have originated in a laboratory. Today, the WHO chief said all possible causes of the virus remained on the table, but he also stood by his team's report. Bats are the most likely origin of the virus, but it jumped first to another animal before infecting humans. The least likely origin is a laboratory. 
The German Chancellor Angela Merkel has agreed to suspend the use of the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine for those under 60 because of concerns about blood clots. Earlier, the country's vaccine committee said it had received reports of 31 cases of a rare type of blood clot among more than 2.7 million people who'd received the jab. Mrs Merkel said it was important to be transparent. We know that vaccination is based on one principle, and that is trust. We have to be able to trust the vaccines, and that's why we wait until each vaccine has passed the approval process. That's why we only use vaccines that have European approval. This also includes the ongoing testing of their effectiveness and safety, and the permanent weighing of risks and benefits. The European Medicines Agency and the World Health Organization say the benefits of the vaccine far outweigh the risks. Brazil has recorded its highest ever number of daily deaths from the coronavirus, nearly 3,800, and the country is in the midst of a political crisis. President Jair Bolsonaro is under severe pressure over his handling of the pandemic and has replaced cabinet ministers and military chiefs to shore up support. Here's the BBC's Mark Lobel. There are many now openly questioning what is going on in the president's name. From his lack of vaccine diplomacy, which has denied the country crucial vaccine supplies, to his fighting of lockdowns across the country in the courts. An approach his defence chief Fernando Azevedo apparently found hard to stomach. His surprise sacking on Monday may explain why, in an unprecedented move, the commanders of the Army, Navy and Air Force have all resigned en masse. Mainland health officials say they've imposed a lockdown in a city near the border with Myanmar after six coronavirus cases were reported today. That's the first significant cluster of COVID-19 disclosed in almost two months. Health officials in Yunnan province said three asymptomatic cases in Ruili, a city of over 210,000 people, were also recorded as Myanmar nationals aged between 24 and 28. Ruili is a major crossing point from Muse in neighbouring Myanmar, which has seen escalating unrest since a February 1st military coup. The South African government has banned the sale of takeaway alcohol over this weekend's Easter holiday to prevent a surge in coronavirus infections. President Cyril Ramaphosa said alcohol had a role in encouraging negligent behaviour. Bars and restaurants may still serve drinks. An annual report by the World Economic Forum says the, the pandemic has put back the effort to close the gender gap by decades. The study, tracking worldwide disparities in education, health, economic opportunity and politics, said it'll now take 130 years for the Gulf to close. Women have been more likely than men to lose their jobs during the pandemic and face added care responsibilities. China will be absent from an international meeting on climate change organised by Britain later today amid concerns that worsening relations between the two countries may be to blame. Ministers from 35 countries will join the virtual summit to discuss climate finance and debt relief. London and Beijing have been involved in a deepening row over human rights in Xinjiang and Hong Kong. A review set up in Britain in the wake of last year's Black Lives Matter protests says complaints that the country remains institutionally racist aren't supported by the evidence. A government-backed commission describes education as the most emphatic success story of the British ethnic minority experience. Here's the BBC's Adina Campbell. The Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities has found that education has transformed British society, reduced racial inequalities and led to one of the most successful multicultural societies in Europe. 
The report says high educational aspirations in some ethnic minority communities have created fairer and more representative workplaces. But the 264-page report warns that overt and outright racism still persists in the UK, particularly online. A witness to the restraining of George Floyd by a policeman has told the officer's trial that he called the emergency services to report a murder. Donald Williams was being questioned on the second day of Derek Chauvin's trial in the U.S. city of Minneapolis. At some point, um, did you make a 911 call? That is correct. I did call the police on the police. And why did you do that? Because uh, I believe I witnessed a murder. And so you felt a need to call the police? Yeah, I felt the need to call the police on the police. Mr Chauvin denies charges of murder and manslaughter. The jury also heard from the teenager who filmed Mr Floyd being pinned down for more than nine minutes. New research suggests a small minority of frequent flyers are responsible for much of the emissions that come from aviation. According to analysis by a climate change campaign group called Possible, 12% of passengers in the United States account for two-thirds of all flights. Here's the BBC's Roger Harriban. The report says there's a pattern of inequality round the world, with rich people dominating flights and poor people suffering from climate change. It traced huge disparities. In China, the authors say 5% of people take 40% of flights. In Indonesia, 3% of people take 56% of flights. In India, just 1% of people are responsible for 45% of air travel. The campaign group wants an escalating aviation tax. The more you fly, the more you pay. Other environmentalists want a total ban on air miles, which reward frequent flyers with free flights. G. Gordon Liddy, one of the key figures in the Watergate scandal in the United States that brought down President Nixon, has died. He was 90. Mr. Liddy helped to organise a bungled break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters in 1972. The BBC's Peter Bowes reports. G. Gordon Liddy had a larger-than-life personality, a theatrical presence and the most colourful of careers. A one-time actor with a role in the police drama Miami Vice, a radio talk show host, a former FBI agent and, most notoriously, a mastermind of the Watergate burglary. For that, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison, but he served less than five years, thanks to President Jimmy Carter, who commuted the sentence because he felt the punishment was excessive. The United States has ordered the departure of non-essential diplomatic staff from Myanmar as the military authorities there continue to suppress protests against last month's coup. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, again condemned the use of violence by the Burmese military. He said non-violent protesters and bystanders had been killed, beaten and jailed since the coup at the start of February. Human rights monitors say more than 500 people have died. German carmaker Volkswagen has admitted an announcement that it would change its name in the United States was a hoax. Earlier, the company said it, the K in its title would be changed to a T to reflect its move towards electric vehicles. The firm now say it was an early April Fool's Day joke. Official data shows factory activity in China picked up in March. The Purchasing Managers Index, which gauges manufacturing activity, grew to 51.9 from 50.6 in February. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.83 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 17 cents. The pound is 10 Hong Kong dollars and 67 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,472, 97 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $86 billion. Now with the sports, 
Here's Adam Chung. We start with football's World Cup qualifying, where top-ranked Belgium were the biggest winners on the night. They hammer Belarus 8-0. In the same group, Wales picked up their first win, beating the Czech Republic 1-0 on a goal from Daniel James. Belgium have seven points from three games. They're four points clear at the top. Cristiano Ronaldo scored the winner as Portugal came from a goal down to win 3-1 at Luxembourg. Portugal lead the group on goal difference over Serbia, who were 2-1 winners in Azerbaijan. Netherlands thrash Gibraltar 7-0. Turkey remain top of that group after picking up a point from their 3-3 draw with Latvia. Tonight, England take on Poland at Wembley. A win for the host would make it a perfect international break. The BBC's John Murray looks ahead. Poland, minus the injured Robert Lewandowski, makes this an entirely different prospect for England as they look to begin their World Cup qualifying campaign with three wins out of three. But the England manager Gareth Southgate has done his best to dispel any notion that the absence of the brilliant Bayern Munich goal machine turns this from a potentially searching test for his team into an opportunity not to be missed. It is, though, the last time opportunity knocks for England and Poland before this summer's delayed European Championship. It's the final match before the squads have to be named, so there is much to play for, for both sets of players. England boss Gareth Southgate says Poland are different from the other teams in their group. We haven't been tested in the last couple of matches and I've been very pleased with the performances this week. We've, we've built slowly towards this game. We're going to have moments where we're going to have to defend well and that's a good test for our team. UEFA have accepted Lyon's request to postpone their Women's Champions League quarterfinal second leg with Paris Saint-Germain scheduled for tonight. The Lyon squad have been hit by coronavirus. The BBC's Paul Saris reports. The second leg of the quarterfinal tie between the defending champions Lyon and Paris Saint-Germain has been postponed after a number of positive COVID tests in the Lyon squad. The tie was due to be played on Wednesday, but earlier this week Lyon informed UEFA that their entire first team squad was self-isolating after six players tested positive. UEFA, who confirmed the decision to postpone the tie in a statement, say they will provide further updates regarding the status of the match in due course. Lyon won the first leg in Paris 1-0. In tennis, Australia's world number one Ash Barty has taken a step closer to retaining her title at the Miami Open. Barty reached the semifinals with a 6-4, 6-7, 6-3 victory over Arena Sabalenka of Belarus. In the men's draw, the top seed Daniel Medvedev defeated the American Francis Tiafo 6-4, 6-3 to reach the quarterfinals. And as you look at sports... Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. Two men are sentenced to almost four years in prison after pleading guilty to rioting at the airport in 2019. And the World Health Organization reports says more investigation is needed into the origin of the pandemic, but some countries aren't satisfied. The news from RTHK. Legislation on national security in Hong Kong is designed to safeguard national sovereignty, security and development interests. It will also ensure that Hong Kong becomes a safer, more stable city. The legislation is aimed at an extremely small minority of those whose behavior and activities pose threats to national security. It will not affect the legitimate rights and freedoms enjoyed and exercised by Hong Kong residents in accordance with the law. National security law preserves one country, two systems and restores stability. I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. 
The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to keep visit records. Remember to use the app to scan QR codes of designated venues. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time, the app will automatically alert you and give health advice. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out. Let's fight the virus. Scan with Leave Home Safe. Now I'm a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer. 